Welcome to the Squeak Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Tweed Couch, we are counseling on gear epiphanies. We've all had them. The aha moment when all of a sudden you realize something that changes your perspective on tone forever. Of course, these epiphanies are generally not new. For many, they are a no-brainer and seem obvious, but there is nothing like the aha moment, the epiphany, when you are the one who discovered or possibly rediscovered it. But what is gear epiphany? Should you act on it immediately? Are they the same for everyone? Do seasoned professionals already know it? Can you still have an original idea? And vintage gear. Did I just buy an iconic electric guitar that is almost 50 years old? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Jason on the Tweed Couch. Jason, it is great to have you here on the couch to talk about epiphanies. Mm -hmm. And I thank you for being here just for me. Yeah, well... I wasn't going to be on here, and then all of a sudden, I, it just came to me. I was like, I should be on here. And then you oh. told me the topic, and I was like, whoa, that's fortuitous. Yes, it is. Or five-tuitous. Yeah. Six-tuitous? Why not seven? So, funny to me, every time I type in Epiphones mm-hmm. into my iPhone, it always autocorrects it to Epiphanies. <laughs> so... It, I was worried when I typed in, hey, we should talk about gear epiphanies, that it was going to like autocorrect it to Epiphones. And you'd be like, why would we do that? I thought you were going to say it autocorrects to Gibson every time, which would be even funnier. (laughs) Nope, nope, we don't do that in this household. We do Gibsons. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting but we are going to talk epiphanies and we're not necessarily talking about you know the churchier epiphany and it being about yes jesus has come or you know some sort of a manifestation of divine or supernatural being i don't know Mm -hmm. we are going to talk about gear epiphanies because i've recently had some me too really okay so between the two of us we're going to have a pretty good time. So I, I'd like to start here, though. Before we get into what are our more recent gear epiphanies, I want to mention an epiphany that I had a long time ago. And that was, nothing sounds like an amp in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Except for an amp in the room. Oh. Mm-hmm. And now, mind has been blown. Yeah. It's true. Now, the reason why I say that is I came to this epiphany a long time ago. I know it sounds like, Dr. T, you use modelers all the time. You do. Obviously, you do not understand this. But no, I do. I remember when I was a kid and I would play my dad's blonde 64 showman. Okay. And it had dual 15s in it. And it was just big and boomy and clean. And every time I tried to run it dirty, I went, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. terrible. Like, I don't like it at all. I move away 
I come back after touring for a while and everything, and I've got my Marshall half stack. And I'm like, oh, I love this half stack. I love the greenbacks. I love this, this Marshall head. I love all these things. And I decided, just for kicks and giggles, to take my dad's Showman amplifier and plug it into the 412. And that's when I realized I just don't like his dual JBL 15s because that sounded glorious. Absolutely glorious. And that was an epiphany. And that epiphany was speakers and speaker cabs make a huge difference for an amplifier. That is a very, very good point. And I'd like to add um, that amp should probably be on a bingo square somewhere. We've mentioned it a few times now. I've seen that amp before. I think I may have even played through it. When you say it's huge, I think you're underselling how big it really is. I mean, it's yeah. it's big. It looks like a, a, a chest of drawers or something. Like it's it's big. Like it's it could yeah yeah, yeah you could store a, a wardrobe in there. But yeah, I agree with you a lot actually. Well, a quick story to add to that. So my dad, he toured with a band a little bit. It was all local touring, but he would go to these shows, mm-hmm. and he drove a 1964 Corvette stingray wow and the only way that he could get that amplifier to the show because keep in mind back then they didn't have pa systems you brought your amp and you actually plugged a mic into it Mm -hmm. and your guitar into it and everything the only way he could get it there was he had a luggage rack installed (laughs) on the trunk of his corvette that takes a very cool item and makes it a lot less cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yep, but it makes it very functional. Yeah. So he put that speaker cab on the back, and whether it was rain, hail, sleet, snow, it does not matter. He took that thing to the show. Huh. So he dragged it behind his car, basically, like trying to relic it? <laughs> um, nope, not quite like that. Okay. Because um, who although, would do that? That's stupid. Yeah, and actually, he put covers on it that Grandma made. Okay. Which is fantastic. Like a yeah. quilt? No, it was actually more of like a plastic. It was okay. kind of interesting that what got put on there, but it makes sense. It would be like, you know, like keep rain from getting in there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But I have a bunch of different speaker cabs that I've tried and that I've owned. And even now, like I'll have my Vox AC15 and I will go ahead and take a line out and go in to the 412 and go, gosh, it sounds completely different. Mm-hmm. And it sounds just glorious. Yep. So that was my amp epiphany. How about you? Did you ever have any epiphanies with amps? Well, let me rewind just a little bit. Because when I was thinking about doing this, I was thinking about my favorite Mark Twain quote. You know the one? And and I've got it pulled up here, so I'm just going to read it. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. I love that quote so much talking about, you know, whenever you're yeah. young, you think, gosh, everybody's stupid. They don't have this figured out. But as you get older, you start to realize, man, I should have listened to them a long time ago. So I say that yeah. to say this, and I've I've always been a big fan of my dad. So I've never had that thinking he didn't know what he's talking about, at least not that I can remember. He'll probably correct me when he hears this. But um, yeah, I remember reading all the the Telecaster page when it first came out and the Gosh, I don't know, the Harmony Central forums whenever we're starting off the internet. And hearing all these yep. these old guys that have been gigging for a long time, giving all this advice and 
you know, I just, I thought, well, these old guys, they don't know what they're talking about. And now the older I get, the more I realize, wow, I should have really listened to them. They knew exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. It took me the whole time to get to that pathway to, to realize, wow, if I would have just listened to them all along, like I could have saved a lot of time, but. And money. Yeah. And money, but you know, life and learning, it's an experience and it's a journey and you just got to kind of take it. But yeah, that was kind of my epiphany of, wow. Um, sometimes people really know what they're talking about and you should listen to yeah. them. So it's, it's weird. Yeah, that's very true. So what about amps then? Any epiphanies with amps? Yeah. So ever since I heard Brad Paisley for the first time, which was in 1999, I have been buying and selling a lot of British amps. I got a Vox first and then I got a uh, Dr. Z and then another Dr. Z and then another Vox. Yeah. And then I've got a Bad Cat and then some more Dr. Z's and more Dr. Z's and more Dr. Z's. And I've realized what I really love is a Fender type amp. I like American sounds. And so as much as I try to yeah. force myself to do those British stuff, like I like an American style amp. And when I want that British flavor, you know, pedals can do that for me. But yeah, I, I've realized that I I feel like I know amps, but I am 100% sure you could give me a blind test of a of a live concert. And if I don't see the amp, I probably wouldn't know what it was. That's, that's how, that's how I feel. And so, you know, John said it the other day and I hate him for it, but he's right. Nobody cares or notices when you have different pedals, you don't need a million different pedals. They all sound the same. They all sound like a guitar. And to be really, truly honest, um, most music that I like doesn't really have any crazy guitar solos. It's four bars, eight bars, maybe. And it's melodic. It does. You don't need crazy killer tone for that. Yeah, I've I've just come to the realization that I have too much. Like it's too much stuff and I don't need it. I don't I just don't need it. Okay, to go back to amplifiers. Okay. You've got your 75 Deluxe. Deluxe Reverb. Yep. 75 Deluxe Reverb. You have yep. your early 2000s car? Yeah, I'm not sure about the year on that one. I've never looked that up, but it's a Car Mercury, Mercury. The the first one. Okay. And then you have your Dr. Z Carmen Ghia. Nope. Sold that. <gasps> sold it. Then what Dr. Z do you have right now? I have zero Dr. Z's again. And you would think I'd learned by now. Wow. Well, you think I'd learn. Like I keep buying them and then I just like, yeah, I'm not, I don't need this. And then I sell them and then I buy them and I sell them. And I always think I need them and you know, I'll, I'll be fine for a while. Then I'll see Brad Paisley and get into him a little bit. I'm very cyclical. I'll, I'll get into an artist for a while and. That's all I listen to. Then I go to somebody else. So I'm sure the next time my Brad Paisley phase comes around, I'll probably get another one. Who knows? But, and I, I do love them. I just, I don't know. Like for, for me playing in the way I play, I just, they just, it's just not what I need for some reason. I, I like the Fender kind of sound better. Do you have any of the Dr. Z cabs still? Because you had two. Yeah, I still, I still have two. Yeah, I have two of them. I have the red. Okay. Red 212 open back that's got a blue and a gold in there. And then I've got a okay. black convertible cab 112 that's got a, a uh, green back in there. All right. Wow. Okay. Look at you. I know. So is this one of your epiphanies then? Is one of yeah. your epiphanies that you just need to scale everything down? Yeah, that is definitely one of them. I've got too much stuff. Like I've, you know, I've, I've got so many people in my life that are 
budding guitar players and they're like, you know, what do you, what do you recommend I do? And my thing is always get one guitar and love it and don't let chasing gear be your hobby. Unless that's what you want it to be, but like make playing your hobby. Don't make chasing gear your hobby. Yeah. Actually, that brings up an interesting point. One of my epiphanies that I've recently had was I want to play better. I enjoy playing. Mm -hmm. I enjoy playing better. And the best way to do that, crazy enough, practice. Yeah, true. You know, people all the time come up and say, oh, my gosh, what a great gift you have. And I go, well, I practice. And then they go, oh, it's just like it's like you've really, truly been anointed. And it's like, well, to be able to catch on and do those things. Yes, but I I practice a lot. And they go, ah, it's just such a natural talent. It's like, (laughs) well, no. And it's practice. It's a lot of practice is what it is. And the practice doesn't seem like practice because we just enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it it is more than just a gift. You work for it. Yeah, for sure. And so I want to work for it some. And that was part of the reason why we didn't have a podcast last weekend was because, you know, I wanted to have some time to play and do things. And my schedule was so tight that I went, I could either push out a podcast or I can sit here and just enjoy playing guitar for an hour. Mm-hmm. So I played guitar for an hour. Yeah. Is what I did. That's also the reason why I haven't had a video in the last like four weeks, five weeks or whatever, is also because I haven't had a whole lot of time. School year just started up. Mm-hmm. Kids are now back in sports full blown. And I'm I want to be active in their lives. I don't want to just go, hey, I've got a hobby. You guys enjoy life yeah, now. They're only fine. this age for so long. So I spent time with the family instead. You know what? I'm okay with that. Good investment. I I think that's the right choice every now and then. Well, actually always, but especially Saturday. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So speaking of investment. Yeah. I bought something. I, I, I hate to ruin the surprise, but I think that I figured it out last night. What? Oh, you looked, didn't you? Well, I was... Cruising through the reverbs and the Ebays, mm-hmm. and I remember you yes. telling me about a guitar that you were eyeing, and I was like, well, I'm just going to look it up, because you sent me the link and I couldn't open it, so I thought I would just look it up, and so I searched for it on eBay, and I, I couldn't find it. Like, that's weird, and so I searched for it on Reverb, and couldn't find it again, and I thought, that's, uh-huh. that's weird, because I, I remember you sent me a specific picture, and so um, yep, I went back to... Um, reverb again or it may have been ebay but i searched completed items and i saw it there and i thought he did it he really really did it i did do it you did it didn't you i knew it yeah i did it yes i knew you did it you finally bought that hello kitty strat you've been wanting i've needed it in my life no no what i have done and you know I've got my reasons for it because I've actually mentioned on the podcast that I don't need the vintage version of this reissue that I have. Mm -hmm. But if I ever found it, I would really love to have the vintage version. Sure. And I own an R9 and I did not buy a 1959 Les Paul. No. I didn't do that. 
No. But I also, (laughs) I do own a reissue of a Fender Telecaster Custom, Mm -hmm. and it's the 72 reissue. And I think it's super cool. I really like that wide range in the front, and I like that regular telly in the bridge, and I like that it has like Les Paul style controls Mm -hmm. where I can toggle to the neck or toggle to the bridge and kind of mix things. And I found a 73 for sale, mm-hmm. and it was about seven $800 less than what anybody else was asking. And it was, well, what I appeared to me as all original, and I went, okay, you know what? At this price, to be able to scratch that itch of vintage and go ahead and get it, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. I actually talked to a bunch of different people about it, which included you. And every single person said, well, you're not going to lose your money on it. Now, when you say it's a 73, do you mean 1973 or 1873? 19. 1973. Okay. Yes. That's that's what I figured, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well, and that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Because, you know, the amount of Telecasters made in 1873. That, I mean, it's it's more rare, but they didn't make them as well back then. Yes. So. There's that as well. Very true. Very true. But yeah, so it is a natural color, if you remember. Yep, and yep. it is a nice piece of ash. Careful. It's a family podcast. It is true. Right. But it is. It is a great piece of wood. And uh, again, be careful. I am excited. <laughs> Just super excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, though. Okay. Now, there is one thing about it that gave me a little bit of heartburn that I was like, oh, man, do I go ahead and pull the trigger? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have the traditional three saddle bridge. How many saddles does it have? Twelve? It has six. Oh, okay. Okay. That yeah, no, it's sense. not a 12-string. Well, I thought maybe they did six yeah. or 12 half saddles and then, you know, made it into to six. Now you're just quit mathing me, all right? Okay. Really, what it is, is that I think of the 72 Custom as having three saddles and basically two strings share each barrel, each Mm -hmm. saddle. Right, right. But this one had the individual, and in early 70s, they started experimenting with using it, but not on all of them. Okay. So you'll find some that go up to like 74, 75 that still have the three saddles and then you'll find some that are like as early as 73 with these six saddles Mm -hmm. and so i had a little bit of heartburn because in my mind i felt like it should have three saddles but then i really started to think about it and one of the biggest issues with vintage guitars is i don't actually think they play better they usually play a little worse because over time the wood starts to move and shift and do all that. Now, the tones, that's a completely different thing. That's all subjective anyway. But there's usually issues with playing and vintage stuff. And I went, you know what? I want to play it. And to have more control over intonation and all of that. Yep. Yeah, I should, I should probably be excited that it's an original bridge that has six saddles. Oh, yeah. And better, I mean, better intonation for sure. Yeah. And then I really started thinking about it and I went, actually, this is probably one of the first models with the six saddles. So 
that's kind of a fun little vintage fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about the neck shape. So every 70s guitar I played has been a really skinny neck. Does it have a skinny neck like that? I don't know. I, you know, I didn't play it ahead of time. You know, once again, it was one of those things of, you know, I'm not going to lose any money on it. Sure. But my hope is that it's going to be a little bit more like a C shape. I don't mind if it's a little small, but I definitely don't want it to be like paper thin. Yeah. I had a nineties fender neck once that I went, man, this is thin, real thin. I'm excited to try it. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait to give it a playthrough. Does it have a three bolt or a four bolt neck? It is a three bolt neck. So all the 72 customs had the three bolt neck. Okay. And a lot of people will actually, I talked to a buddy of mine at church who is our sound guy for online things. Uh And he said that he has a 70 strat and it has a three bolt neck. And he was like, you're going to want to watch that. Really? It'll shift. It'll do things. And I was like, yeah, but I've got a three bolt on my reissue and it's fine. And he said, yeah, but in the seventies, they didn't quite make things as good and i'm like okay i mean that's fair i was like when is it, what year is yours and his was the late 70s and i said well maybe early 70s is close enough to the cbs early takeover that they still had some of those people mm-hmm. you know that knew how to fit a neck sure so yeah yeah and then i've looked up a few times there's actually some things you can do like some shims you can put in okay it'll keep okay. it from moving and it'll be fine so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I mean, that's that's exciting. It is exciting. exciting. I'm super excited for it. So I'll make sure that I, I do some sort of a video with it. Yeah, new guitar day. Oh, yeah, seriously. So speaking of video, I do want to mention that there is a guy that has commented on the unboxing of your R8 <laughs> and on the unboxing of my R9 and has asked if they are original 59 pickups inside our guitar. That's what he wants. Uh, he wants y- those. Yes, they are. They were. I got a 59 Les Paul, and I was just like, you know what? I, d- I don't love it. It's whatever. So I just took the pickups out of it, put some Epiphone ones in, sold off that guitar, and then I put the real 59s yeah. in the 58 reissue because it just made the most sense to me. I will, yeah. And I had uh, Tom Murphy go and actually... Go back in time. Yeah. He used the phone booth from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure mm, okay. and go back in time and grab some. Yeah. Okay. So the that first time I commented, I said, well, considering that those pickups are going for $10,000 and you paid less than half of that, you know, right. would dictate that that's probably not what happened. You would think somebody could figure that out. Yeah. And then when he went ahead and posted it on, the, on my unboxing, I said... Well, considering that they stopped making those over 60 years ago, mm-hmm. no, they don't have the original 59s in it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a reissue. I don't know if he understands. This is These are reissue guitars. Maybe. maybe Reissue. Maybe. Okay, so, so a couple of things. Maybe he's just trolling us. There's that, obviously. Could be. The second option is, and maybe he's just not super smart. There's that, too. <laughs> And as somebody who yeah, possible. who supports people that don't have high IQs, um, yeah, I I will accept him and and accept his answers. Ah, yeah, that's nice of you. It's all about inclusion. These yeah, days. I teach advanced academics, so okay. my people have high IQs, and oh, okay. um, we okay. have them move into a different class if they don't, because ah. there's a class for them. Nice. Yeah. 
That's IQist. No, that's not completely true. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, anyway, actually, I teach a lot of the lower ones, but you know, that doesn't matter. Let's um, not worry about okay, that. Yeah. so with all that said, we should take a quick break for our sponsors, and Let's then do. when we come back, we are going to talk about some other little epiphanies because I have an epiphany that came to me, Uh-oh. and you have been a very great support. And uh, I would like to talk about that. I so, know exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm preparing. Yeah, we will talk about that after a word from our sponsors. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Who doesn't love a party with a purpose? If you love music, family friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In 2023, they will host one of the largest music festivals in the United States, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Kretzmann Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Kretzmann started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmannGuitars.com. Let's hear from our final sponsor. If you like my voice on this podcast, I am using a TechZone Audio Products Stellar X3, and I am honored for the opportunity to represent it. All right, Jason, so let's talk about my next epiphany. All right, well, first I should ask this question. Do you have any other epiphanies? that you have had lately other than you just need less gear. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, my biggest one is that I used to run five, six overdrive pedals and I would try to have different ones for, you know, Hey, if I'm playing a Keith Urban song, I need this. Or if I'm playing John Mayer, Brad Paisley, whatever, I need this. I've realized they really kind of do all sound about the same. Like once you get them going with a band and, bass and drums and and vocals and you know all all the stuff we have in our band violin accordion harmonica viola um horn section we have a Mm -hmm. sitar player got the banjo player mandolin um we've got the guy triangles well that guy left the triangle guy oh Um, yeah i'm so sorry for no 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 it's fine it's fine it's fine um but we do have the, the like the washboard and the jug and all that stuff. Anyways, once you get okay. all that, all right. your overdrives basically sound the same. Like there, I mean, gosh, I hate to even say this because it's like admitting that John's right. But I've realized that all my low gain drives basically sound the same. All the mid gain drives basically sound the same. Yeah, higher. Yeah. So yeah. so I've gotten down to where I've just got okay. about three. I've got a, a light boost, a medium gain, and a and a heavy. I'm good with it. Do you stack them? No, I put them side by side usually. I'm talking about stacking in the signal, like oh, one yeah, yeah, on yeah. top of the <laughs> Sure, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All okay. right. Good. Yeah, because that, that would add some of that as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to say that I agree with you, not John, but I'll, I'm going to agree with you. Okay. I'm going to agree that you agree with John. That's what I'm going to okay. say. Yeah. Okay. But I'm going to add this to it. I played your soulist. 
Soloist. Uh, yes. Soloist. So- yes. Soloist. Yes. And that's what type of circuit is that supposed to be? That is a highly modified tube screamer. That is fantastic. Okay. Then I have my tube screamers that I built from Build Your Own Clone. Mm-hmm. I put those side by side with it. Okay. And then I took an actual tube screamer, a TS9. Okay. And I put that in there. Uh huh. And I had all of those in line uh-huh. and I went through all of them. And I can honestly say I had tube screamer sound that I preferred. Okay. And I say all that because. You know, you hear all the pedals sound the same, all the drives sound the same, all the whatever. But at the same time, I had four different pedals sitting there and they did not all sound the same. Mm -hmm. One of them was a clear winner. Okay. And that clear winner was actually one that I made like 15 years ago. Interesting. And I was like, okay. Now let so me let me go me. let me go back a little bit. I'm not saying they all sound the same because they don't. And I will buy every flavor of of these pedals. What I'm saying is, when you get them in the mix with everything, they yeah are not terribly different. Okay, I can go with that as well because the other thing you let me borrow mm-hmm. was you let me borrow the Greer Lightspeed. Ah, yes, the Greer Lightspeed. And what is the circuit? Of the Greer Amps light speed? Very Timmy-like, but what I've heard is Timmy-like, but different enough to be a different pedal, because apparently the guy that designed it reached out to Paul Cochran's like, hey, I just designed this pedal, will you look over it, because I feel like it's similar to a Timmy, and uh, Paul wrote back and said, you know, no, I think it's different enough that, that we can both coexist. Okay. That's the story I've heard anyways. Yeah. And I will say that the reason why I wanted to borrow the Greer Lightspeed from you was mm-hmm. because every time we did an unboxing, because we did your Novo unboxing yep. and we did your R8 unboxing, yep. the second that you clicked on the Greer Lightspeed, you looked at the camera and did that nod with a smile. Oh, yeah. That's good. It's every that time. Good. And one time you we said, do the Greer Lightspeed. You clicked it on, you were like, yes. And then in the R8 video, you just clicked on an overdrive, but you didn't say, this is the Greer Lightspeed. But it was when you clicked mm-hmm. it, and you had that same look, and I went, okay, I need to try this out. It's so good. It's, I've never known anybody that had one that didn't love it. Everybody. It's that, amazing. Yeah. I, don't, I can't describe it. Like I don't know what it is. It's just... It's phenomenal. Like, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And it, it's versatile, too. It's a lot of clarity. Yeah. And it's really fat sounding, mm-hmm. but it still maintains all the highs. It, it really is just an excellent pedal. Yep. It, I but agree. you also let me borrow another one, which is by Moor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one I've never even played before. And it's called the Blue Crab? Yeah, Blue's Crab. Never even played it before. Yeah. Had it for about a year and a half, two years, probably. Never has left the box. <laughs> okay, and this is supposed to be a blues breaker. Yep. Right? Yep. It sounds amazing. Does it? Okay. It really well, does. I'm glad somebody figured it out. And, you know, the thing is, is that you're going to be like, yeah, I don't want it. It's yours. You can, you can buy it. And most people would be like, if somebody says it sounds amazing and you actually own it, why would you sell it to the other person? And I can tell you right now why. Because it's a mini pedal. 
Yep. Hate them. And you hate mini pedals. I hate mini pedals. That is true. They suck. When did you come to the epiphany (laughs) that mini pedals are the bane of your existence? Uh, Basically about one day after I have decided that they're the way that I'm going to go with my whole pedal board. And I spend about two to three days obsessing about the layout of them buy everything I need to do it and then put it together and think, no, I hate them. And I've only done that twice. <laughs> so that's yeah. Cause you recently <laughs> said that you put together a mini pedal board yeah. so that when people come over, you've got this like little tiny pedal board for uh-huh. people to play. Yeah. And when I came over to borrow some pedals, you were like, yeah, you can borrow all of them. Yeah. You can buy all of them. Yeah. It does not matter. <laughs> yeah. I hate mini pedals. I hate them. They sound great. They sound phenomenal. Yeah. I hate them, though. So that probably brings me to my epiphany, and this was probably the biggest epiphany that I had. And nothing brings joy to my heart like what you're about to say. I know. Let me give a quick backstory. Okay. Just real quick. When I first started playing, my best tone was my PRS, some stomp boxes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a solid state amp. And it was really a good tone. I've got recordings of it. It was good tone. Then I decided to go the Vox Valvatronics route. And it was the original, like, blue one. They were bigger. They were nicer. They had the Neodog speakers in them and all that. Actually, I had the ones without and the ones with the Neodogs. And I went, this is better. It was bigger sounding, but I would not say it was better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would not say that was my best tone years. Then I got a Les Paul. And I went to using a Marshall. And when I started using the Les Paul and the Marshall, I went, ooh, I need to get some pedals again. And I started using pedals. And that was the best tone I ever had, period. Yep. The end. It's just the best tone I've ever had. Uh, Yep. My world was changed. (laughs) And then... You found modelers. I started... Well, okay. So then what ended up happening was I started to change the way that my career path went. I decided I didn't want to be full-time musician. I wanted to be with the kids. I wanted to be a father. I didn't want to be the person who left for two weeks and then came back for Mm -hmm. a week or two and then left for a month and then came back for a week or two or was an unemployed person for four months and then all of a sudden really busy for four months. So all that to say that because of that, I decided to pull back, go into school and finish up my degree and do all of that. And as I was doing that, I started having people call me and say, Hey, can you do this gig? And I started to need to be able to fly places and play. And at that point is when you, yes, you, sir, Mm -hmm. convinced me that an M nine or an M 13 was actually a great option because Mm -hmm. of how compact it was. Yep. And you were correct. 100% 100% correct. Yeah. I mean, and then, there's still guys in Nashville that use, I mean, the, the top guys in Nashville still use those on their boards. Yeah. Book of X still has it on his yep. board. An and M9, not yeah, even Derek, the HXFX. Derek Wells has it on there too. I mean, there's a lot that use the M9 still. Yeah. And then you got the HXFX, decided you didn't want it anymore, and you said, hey, can I sell this to you? And I said, oh, I got the M9. I don't really need that. And you said, 
it's way better. It is way better. And I was like, how is that way better? And then you let me borrow it. And I said, okay, fine. Take my money. (laughs) So now I've got all these modelers. I've been doing this now for nearly 15 years. And the other day I came to this epiphany as I was messing around with the quad cortex, trying to get a sound that I just loved with the stomp box portions. Yep. And I went, you know, some of my best tone was when I played my Les Paul through my build your own clone pedals that I made mm-hmm. into my Marshall. And I plugged it in. It took me three minutes to plug everything in. And I strummed the first chord, putting it on all the old settings that I used to use. And I went, that's the sound I want. Like, that's yep. the sound in my head. Like, that's it. And that's the epiphany I came to. And that epiphany was, I'm right. I need stomp boxes again. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having that HX effects because it's awesome. I mean, th- yeah. it is awesome for things. But like I told you at my house, when you are trying to dial in your overdrive just right, nudging that little knob just a tiny bit and feeling it is way different than hitting menu and back and go and find the parameter and hit that. Now, yep. I feel bad for line six and everybody because they can't win. Like they give you everything in the world and we're not happy with it. They give you too little and we're not happy yep. with it. But yep. I, I just like three, four knobs. I just prefer it. I just like it. Yeah. And actually, so once I came to this realization, this epiphany, this manifestation of divine supernatural, once this came to my mind, I decided that I needed things to fit my narrative. So I subscribed to the JHS YouTube channel. That's always dangerous. Yeah. And the thing I love about Josh Scott is he will actually say himself, yeah, it all sounds the same. Yeah. You know, and he'll talk about this drive pedal and go, okay, so this one is $10,000 and this one's $30. Mm-hmm. 10030 And you play them and you go, does the $30 pedal sound better? Maybe. Does the $10,000 pedal sound better? Maybe. But at the end of the day, the price versus the, the sound or the quality ratio, yep. like, I mean... Do you need a ten thousand dollar pedal? Yeah, you don't need it. He does, but I do not. No. <laughs> so all that to say that my new epiphany is that I need to have a pedal board to be proud of. Yep. And I'm not saying none of it will have things that don't have menus. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with some menus, but I am also saying that there are a few pedals that I tweak often, and if those are pedals I tweak often, then it needs to have knobs and not menus. Yep, yep. And that's it. I guess it was last weekend. You came over and I brought you up to the guitar room. You brought the boys with you. My dogs were yep. sniffing like crazy. They were so excited to see y'all. That's right. They racked me just right. Yep, Tilly does that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yep. we came up to the guitar room and I opened up the pedal board area and I started pulling out pedal boards left and right. I was like, which one do you want? I got them all. And just start pulling out pedal boards. We went over there, picked up pedals for you. Oh, I was just like, I just felt like a proud dad, like just going through, trying to get you everything you needed. Uh, But 
Yeah. You even pulled things off of the board that you were using and yeah. say, no, 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 you got to try it. I'll, yeah. I'll call you if I need it, but just, just take it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, man, you use that one all the time. He's like, that's okay. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Just take yeah. it. Got to like, use no. it. I love it. I wanted to share the love. Oh man. It's such a, I mean, yeah, good, good stuff. And, and buying, buying and selling pedals is something you, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to make money doing it unless you just buy at a ridiculous low, low price, but you don't really lose very much either. If you just consider, you know, like renting a pedal yeah. or whatever, you hardly are ever losing on it. Right. So, so yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that I am liking about this idea is that I still have a drawer full of pedals. I know you do. <laughs> and I'm thinking I need to, you know, look at what you're looking to get rid of. And actually this is what started this. You sent me a text saying, I'm going to sell a bunch of stuff. You don't have to check on me. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I am okay. Don't worry about it. And I said, well, actually, what are you looking to sell? I would like first dibs. And it was a bunch of pedals. And I went, oh, my gosh. Yep. We are having a similar time in our life where we need each other's help. <laughs> you need to get rid of stuff. And I'm wanting to get stuff. Yeah. We're doing great. <laughs> yeah, it's working out awesome. We are, we are a wonderful symbiotic relationship. We really are. Really are. Yeah. Mutualism. That's right. That's right. Mutualism. Yes. Um, oh, speaking of which, so going back real quick to Josh Scott, one of the things he talked about was his his three knob series. Uh-huh. Yep. JHS came out with these white pedals. They all look pretty much identical, yep. except for one will say delay or overdrive or whatever and it has three knobs and mm-hmm. that was the criteria he was like i'm just doing a series that only has three knobs but then on top of it he made each one a hundred dollars yeah pretty cool i don't know that i need any of those i'll see when i start looking at them there are a few things that i like but i thought that was cool that minimalist idea uh, actually he even had a video that talked about one knob one knob pedals <laughs> and he talks about nice. all the different things with one knob and then at the end, he said, this one has no knobs. <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? Yeah. But anyway. All right. Well, those are all of my recent epiphanies. Do you have any other recent epiphanies that you wanted to add? No, not really. Just the whole, you know, less is more thought. Mm-hmm. And then also the idea that you don't have to have every piece of gear in the world. Like practicing is really what makes you better, not buying stuff. There's a guy on one of the internet pages I go to and his tagline on his signature is my favorite. It just says more Mel Bay, less eBay. And I just thought <laughs> that's perfection. Cause you know, it's true. We just need to practice and stop buying stuff so much. Practice more, play more, have fun. Yeah. The last, I guess, epiphany that I'll say probably for me is that I am a much better acoustic player than I am electric. And for some reason, nobody gravitates towards acoustic anymore, unless you're just a singer, singer-songwriter type person. But I actually get more joy out of the dynamics of an acoustic guitar than electric for the most part. So yeah, that, that's a that's an epiphany for me. I'm going to get back to playing a lot of acoustic and maybe get rid of some of these electrics that I don't play as often and just get back to the joy of doing it. I, I will say I watched Pure Country a couple of weeks ago. I think uh-huh. that influenced my getting back to the basics idea. So yeah we'll see how it goes now you need a dove that's just where it is yeah i gotta buy something else (laughs) yeah that's true actually no i'm just gonna grow out a ponytail and a bigger beard 
Oh, perfect. Yeah. When you hear twin fiddles and a steel guitar. Yep. That's the sound of the American heart, my friend. And Opry music on a Saturday night brings a smile to your mm-hmm. face and a brings a tear to my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we start singing a song about the heartland, okay. uh, that's I the only place like I feel to... at home. <laughs> Talk about the way a good man mm-hmm. works until the daylight's gone. On. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I don't okay. know. Did you notice last Saturday there was rain stop on the this. roof? Okay, okay. <laughs> no, stop it. We can't. All right. Um, but dang it, where was I? Dang it! Look what you just did to me. I don't remember what <laughs> what I was going to say. Acoustic. Oh, I remember. I do want to mention one thing though. You talk about trying to get back to acoustics and selling off some electrics. Uh huh. Uh-huh. The guy that I bought the '73 Tele from. Yeah. He actually told me the reason why he decided to sell it was not because of anything other than he wanted to play his acoustic more. Mm. And he plays acoustic more whenever he does anything. So that electric had just been sitting there not doing anything, and he just decided it was time to sell it. Wow. Okay. I have something to tell you. Yes. That was me. I'm the guy that sold you that guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Not really. Really? You're from Virginia? Um, Okay. So I have one more thing that I want to mention as a gear epiphany that I think is worth mentioning because I came to this epiphany a long time ago and I feel like there's a lot of people who may have had a different side to this epiphany, but for me, this was mine. And that was that a guitar's price to quality ratio is different depending on what you're looking for. And the manufacturer. So, mm. for example, I think that a Fender American guitar, the price and quality you get is better than most Squire guitars. Okay? I feel the difference. I see the difference. I hear the difference for me. Okay. With that said, I don't know that the Fender American to Fender Mexican is the same amount of price-to-quality difference. Okay, I agree with that. Okay. Unlike someone who has commented on our YouTube, the Gibson to Epiphone, I personally think that the difference in the way it plays, the way it sounds, the way it feels, is actually pretty decent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Epiphones are trash. I'm saying that I notice the difference with the Gibsons, and I prefer to play those. Okay. I do like the Epiphones, but I prefer to play the Gibsons. Yeah. But then you go ahead and mark it up to the custom shop, and I would say that a regular production versus a custom shop production mm-hmm. is not as much of a quality to price ratio like I, th- I think that that ratio is more off if you will and i think that uh you are really paying for the little things when you buy a custom shop gibson okay i don't disagree with that the last thing i will mention when it comes to all of this is prs and this is where i think things get flipped a lot because if we're talking about the se model to a core model mm-hmm. I notice a ton of difference. Yeah, me too. If we're talking the S2 model to the core model, I still notice quite a bit of difference. But if we're talking core model to wood library, 
artist grade, yeah. uh, private stock. I don't notice in terms of feel and tone. Yeah, just the prettiness. It really is the aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah. Which they and do that's, make them that's my take on it. Pretty. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And so that is that is probably the biggest epiphany that I've had is can you get great quality sound from a cheap guitar? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can you get great feel out of a cheap guitar? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you get better out of a more expensive guitar? It depends, but on some of those major brands, absolutely. Or in my case, can you get crappy tone out of a really great guitar? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, have you ever done a Fender custom shop? Because I've never done a custom shop no, before. never have. Never have. Which is shocking. You would think I had. But by the time I was able to afford one, I had discovered Danocaster. And at that point, mm. it was all over. Although, if I was, if I was wanting to tell you right now, I'd, I'd probably go back to Fender custom shop. I'd probably do that. I think yeah. they're... I think they're make, incredible guitars i think they're the best at relicking i think they're making really really good guitars now what do you think about acoustic wise since you're talking about getting into acoustic more yeah do you think that there is a price to quality quality of manufacturing or quality of sound yes is there how is that ratio is that is that closer or is that farther apart well, I had a friend ask me the other day, she wanted to buy a guitar for her husband for their anniversary, and she said she wanted to spend around 500 bucks. And so I went to Guitar Center, and okay. I tried every guitar sub $500, and I got to tell you, they were absolute garbage, almost every one of them that I played. Now, how much of that was the way that Guitar Center sets up or doesn't, or doesn't set, up, set up or yeah. humidifies their their room now how much of it is it just wasn't a good guitar i think they were garbage to be honest with you i just think they were garbage they just sounded like crap and i could not find one i just couldn't find one at all and so i'm still looking but i have played eastman guitars have you played any of those yes i have yeah yeah and i was blown away by those for the price they were fantastic they're made overseas Mm -hmm. but yeah I, i mean i i would say for the most part you get what you pay for with acoustics I mean, you play uh, like I. Every time I played a McPherson, I've just been blown away about how good it sounds. Yeah, the wood ones, not the carbon fiber ones. They're good too. But, oh, okay, but the wood ones are just killer. Yeah, I mean, gosh, yeah. I haven't bought a acoustic guitar in a long time. The Ferk was the last one I bought, and I kind of bought that one, you know, without looking at all the different models of them. I just I kept playing every guitar till I found one. Found one I liked and. I lucked on, out on that one because it was, you know, great sounding but lower priced. So, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. What are you asking me for? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's I'm too- just curious. <laughs> I was curious. Well, for nostalgia, you know, we've got our yeah, things yeah. that we, uh, we we listen to these every once in a while. I thought I had an answer. And then all of a sudden, as I was talking, I was like, wait, I don't know anything. I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, I will say that I find that I am drawn to the flashy. Mm hmm. I want it to look good, but even with acoustic, but I also realized that sometimes when you're getting the abalone and sometimes when you're getting the three tone burst and sometimes when you're, you're getting a, a certain kind of wood or whatever, you are literally 
buying with your eyes, not with your ears. Yep, that's for sure. That is for sure. One of the best sounding guitars I have is a Taylor GS Mini. It's that one I got in Hawaii. It's a Koa one. I'll tell you what, I'd put that against a lot of guitars and it's going to sound better. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and it's beautiful too, but I just kept playing them until I found one that sounded right. Just, you know, wood's different, so you got to keep trying until you find one. Yeah. All right. Well, this probably brings us to our final thoughts then. And in our final thoughts, I will say this, that epiphanies are good. And sometimes epiphanies need to be acted upon. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to kind of sit back and let it manifest more and let it grow more until it seems like it is that that calling or that push or that desire to to move towards it. And for me, I have thought about it for a long time that I need to get back into pedals and I have fought it for a long time. Until that one day when I just decided to pull out that pedal and I experienced it and I went, yep, that's it. Yep. This is my epiphany. Mm-hmm. And it's worth a do. That doesn't mean I throw away the other stuff. Doesn't mean I sell all the other stuff. Doesn't mean I stop using the quad cortex at church. It just alters what I'm doing. And that's my epiphany. Yep. And, uh, and it was, it's worthwhile to chase. How about you? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I think that it's very easy to have a knee jerk reaction and go this way or go that way. And I'm very guilty of doing that, but just kind of letting it simmer for a little bit, think about it before you make any rash decisions and, um, ultimately do whatever thing makes you play more. If it's having one pedal and you play more, do that. If it's getting a whole bunch where you're twisting knobs and, and then you play along with a million different songs, that's okay too. But, don't let the gear get in the way of the playing because ultimately that's why everybody, that's why we do this. So um, make sure whatever it is, it's supporting your, your practicing and make sure it's supporting your playing and making, making you play more and play better. Cause that's what a good piece of gear should do every time is just make you want to play more. Yeah. Can't agree more. Well, thank you for being on the couch with me again, Jason. Yeah, it's good to be on. I hopefully will see you soon. Yep, hopefully soon. All right, until next time. Well, that's all the time we have for the Twee Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave five stars in review. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time.